0: Hello, welcome to the Down Back Drop podcast hosted by Connor Evers, the Director of Recruiting for the PGA Golf Manager Program here at Methodist University. This podcast is recorded live from the Mass Communications Department here on campus with special help from Paul Joseph. Each week, I sit down with alumni, our PGM staff, and friends and family of the program, as well as current students. We share stories, key information, and best practices. Of why our PGA Golf Magic program here at Methodist University is the best in the United States of America. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Down Back Drop podcast. This is episode number 17. Today, I'm very fortunate enough to sit down with Keith Duffy. Keith is a 2001 graduate of Methodist University as well as our PGA Golf Magic program. He's originally from Franklin, Massachusetts. And he currently is the senior product manager of, foot, of footwear for FootJoy. Keith, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. Just kind of go through your, your upbringing and how golf came into your life as well.
1: Uh, yeah. As you mentioned, I, I grew up in, in Franklin, Massachusetts, one of uh, one of three children, oldest of three. And um, one of the the biggest influences in my life at a young age was my my grandfather, who was very passionate about the game of golf, I got my first set of clubs when I was nine years old from him uh, for my birthday, uh, and I was hooked right away. Uh, the next summer, my parents got me a, a junior membership at Franklin Country Club, uh, where class of ninety uh, class of ninety eight uh, graduate Anthony Mackey, uh, one of my high school teammates and classmates. Uh, is now the head professional director of golf there. Um, but it, it was one of those amazing situations where we, as kids, we would get dropped off at 6.30 in the morning, and get picked up at 8.30 at night, play 54 holes a day, Monday through Friday, and get on the golf course as soon as the pro would let us on on the weekends. Um, we had a great, great group of kids. Uh, growing up, we played in uh, junior tournaments in uh, in the area all over New England and uh and enjoyed the competition we had a very competitive high school team uh, where i was part of the state championship team my freshman year uh and on that team every single player on the team went on to play golf collegiately um, um actually every single player on that team played division one college golf with the exception of anthony Mackey, who was on the golf team played for coach Conley. Uh, at Methodist, and I actually started uh, my collegiate career at University of Connecticut, where I played on the golf team there.
0: Nice, so, very cool, very cool.
1: Yeah, and then we uh, we ended up winning the state championship again uh, my senior year, where I think class of two thousand alum Jason Gentilly, uh, also of Franklin, Massachusetts, was was and also a, uh, a a member of the of the team at Methodist and before Methodist at uh, at Quinnipiac. Um, so it pretty, pretty amazing. This small little town in Franklin, Massachusetts produced, you know, so many state championships, but, but, uh, a testament to the, the support that we got at the club, uh, that supported junior golf the way that they did. So, great cool. place to grow up.
0: Yeah. I like this little connection between Franklin Mass, and, and Methodist. That's pretty cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Nice. So when did, um, when did you think or, or believe that the game of golf was going to be just a game you played and then into your career as well? When did that kind of transition?
1: I I think it was growing up at Franklin, you know, I, I idolized the golf pros there, the assistant pros. They were they were such nice guys and and took an interest in us juniors and, and wanted to go up to the range with us and help us work on our game and and I just thought working in the shop looked like a looked like a cool idea. And um, you know, I it Methodist wasn't wasn't top of mind. Anthony Mackey was already there, but it wasn't top of mind. Coming out of high school, I had a strong desire to play D1 college golf. And then I got to UConn, made the team, and then realized I wasn't as good as I thought. <laughs> <And> you, <got laughs> you know, there's a, little, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, uh, it was a humbling experience, um, to say the least. And, in you know, in conversations with Anthony, he said, you know, why don't you, he said, I think you want to be a golf pro anyways. Why don't you. When you come down to Methodist, we're playing golf every single day of the week, and you know what better place to be at? I think that year at at UConn, um, we had a, just a brutal winter and didn't get back on the golf course until like April that
0: year. Mm. So yeah,
1: um, so yeah, so transferred to Methodist, and uh, it turned out to be uh, the best best decision I, I ever made. From uh, um, you know, made lifelong amazing friendships, and um, and certainly put me on a path that, that put me where I am today with, uh, with a pretty cool job.
0: Very cool. You at UConn for one year, is that correct?
1: Just one year, yeah.
0: Okay, got it. Nice. And uh, when you came to Methodist, kind of talk about your overall experience and maybe some things you're involved in inside the program as well as out.
1: Uh, it, it, big difference coming from a very... A, <laughs> Very large D1 university coming to uh, you know then Methodist College mm-hmm. um, was uh, was was different. I had actually never seen seen the campus. Uh, I, I finished my first year at UConn, uh, dropped out, applied that summer, got in, and went and um, and it, you know certainly a, a different experience. Uh, lived in at Garber, I think my first semester. Uh, it was all the the dorms were you know gender specific back then so it was an all-male dorm i came from a co-ed dorm experience that was that was a change um but but for me it was you know i knew right away that i was i was home and i was supposed to be i was where i was supposed to be i was around however many kids were in the program at the time a couple hundred all these kids are just like me. They're passionate about golf. They want to play golf all the time. They're interested in perhaps pursuing it as a career. Um, and they just, you know, all like personalities. But the, the cool thing about it was really from all, you know, from all over. We, one of my best friends at school was from the Philippines, hmm. uh, and, and Marco Sarmiento. Yeah. So uh, it, uh, it, it, what a, what a cool experience um, to, to to come there and be around so many like-minded people and you know that love the game of
0: golf very cool thanks for sharing that as well appreciate it and and talk about your internships while at methodist so where'd you go and talk about them individually if you don't mind too
1: it's easy there was one uh (laughs) i did all i did all my internships i guess there was two i did all my internships at uh at pleasant valley country club in sutton massachusetts um long time hosts of a pga tour event from the mid 50s until 1997 i guess oh, cool. uh, That was so they were there were two uh tour events at pleasant valley while i was there uh when they lost the tour event uh and that event fell off the schedule they picked up an lpga tour event the following year but that uh it was just a kind of a one and done thing but a, a great uh well-known club in the area it was only a half an hour from my house there i met another one of my career one of, another one of my career mentors uh outside of jerry Hogg in gary young who's now um he's like VP of rules uh on the pga tour um so uh pr- pretty cool uh and and just a, a great guy so it's amazing the, the the connections and the friendships that you make uh just being around the game nice but yeah it was a good it was a good experience um it was it was an eye-opening one too i having the the tour there was interesting for me because it, it kind of piqued my interest a bit, I think, in golf administration versus being a club professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got quite fr- right outside the pro shop was the the handwritten scoreboard and calligraphy and and i I taught myself how to do that uh, and and became quite friendly with a guy on uh, who was in charge of that on tour. His name was John Andrews. Uh, and, um, and I learned a lot from him and, and kind of incorporated that into my skill set, uh, going forward. And, and that helped me get my, uh, my internship. Uh, I did the USGA PJ boat ride internship working for the Massachusetts golf association back then. It's called mass golf now. Um, and that helped me get some exposure and some experience working in golf administration. And then when I graduated, I was, uh, assistant tournament director for the Carolina section of the PGA working for Chris Mazinski, a, uh, another Methodist grad. So pretty cool.
0: Nice. And a little bit ago, you, you talked about Mr. Hogg. He's uh, he's a mentor to to many. Uh, talk more about your relationship with Mr. Hogg and what he means to you.
1: He's, um, yeah, it, he's, it's tough to get a, not to get emotional talking about Jerry Hogg, um, He's just done so much for me and you know I, I know i'm I'm not unique in that respect um, as it relates to other Methodist alum um, but he's just he's one of those rare rare people who you feel like you're best friends with him you know in and, and, and I and I do believe that we have a very good and strong relationship and he cares for me but he has that same relationship with so many. So many other people have gone through uh, gone through the program there, and, and just you know, he, he cares about each and every one of us, um, and, and we certainly care about him a lot and appreciate all he's done for us. Um, just a, a great mentor as it relates to career uh, trajectory, a uh, great guy to bounce ideas off of, but somebody you can go to when you have a, a personal problem, too, and, mm-hmm. and he'll sit and listen in there, And he sat and, uh, and listened to a few of mine, <laughs>
0: which <Sure>. I appreciate. <laughs> Great. Thanks for sharing as well. Appreciate that. Uh, and also to kind of talk about your, your time after graduation, I know you hinted on a few things there um, in, uh, in the Carolina section as well, but talk more about your roles after graduation and up until um, your, your current role with foot
1: Yeah, I was with the Carolina section for a couple of years. Um, which was a good experience, got on the road a lot. Um, I was on the road a lot, so uh, you're in the Carolinas, so you know, Uh, I mean, I was helping run and coordinate every event for club pros uh, and assistant pros and the the senior uh, circuit that they do as well uh, throughout North North and South Carolina. So on the road, you know, 180 days out of the year going to the most beautiful facilities in the Carolinas and there are you know countless uh, and watching other people play golf <laughs> sure. yeah, it, you know it was so it was it, it, you know to say you know if there are you know future um, PGM students uh, listening to the podcast it, when when you're 18 19 years old you, you don't have all the answers you know I, I think I've shared Two different things that I thought that I wanted to do at that point in my life um, you, you don't have all the answers and I enjoyed my time there and but I used that kind of as a springboard to following the part of golf administration that I like most and I love doing scoreboards so I've done I think three USGA um, championship events i've done uh um, cool like, that's great yeah I've, I've done eight or nine pga tour or back then buy.com tour events uh where i've been the official on-site um calligrapher graphic artist uh and then uh and you know that enabled me to do a little bit of travel focus in a, on what i liked doing most uh and then uh it, it also helped me move back home because uh, you can you can fly to anywhere uh, and do those events so I, I moved back home and um, and um, did that for for a year and then was contacted by a friend that was uh, a fellow Methodist alum who was working uh, who was working for a Kushna company and said hey there's there's gonna be some openings uh, is this something that you'd be you'd be interested in um, and I had uh, just started dating my uh, my now ex wife, um, but was looking to to slow it down and potentially start a family. So um, so started uh, got a job at uh, at a Krishna company, working in customer service like so many others do. Uh, and I was very very lucky where that is. Uh, shortly after I started, an opportunity came up working in the golf ball marketing department uh and then so i got uh, the opportunity applied for and got the opportunity to move over into that space working for uh, a guy named george sign who's still with the company he's now i think executive vice president of um a kushnet international so everything outside of the us Titleist and footjoy uh Mm -hmm. he he's kind of in charge of uh and again i think you know if we're talking about uh, you know giving advice to, to future students or current students i'd say find find your mentors uh guys are, or people uh that you think could could influence you uh and and help give you honest feedback uh and good advice to help steer you in the right direction george sign would be one of the others so between jerry hogg uh, at Methodist, Gary Young now with, with the PGA Tour and George Sign at a Kushner company. I'm surrounded by um, three very strong individuals who are just so, I think what what the the, the red thread that that kind of links the three together is that they're all just so humble and grounded. Um, mm. you, you know, where it, it being a self-critic, I, I tend to be a little bit anxious uh and, and and could could use a little bit more more patience um but uh and the, all three of those gentlemen are very good at, at keeping me grounded and reminding me to be to be patient um but it's uh it's good very very happy so yeah I worked for george sign for for four and a half years uh and a Krishna company is one of those organizations that's amazing because the the, the average tenure of uh, of an associate is something like 15 plus years
0: wow which is
1: which is rare right mm-hmm. i mean and there's there's three people in my department now who who have over 25. Uh, mm. <laughs> so it's 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 crazy. Um, so there's you know if you're if you're an ambitious young fellow like I was and, and looking to move up the ladder, at the time uh, you know uh, my my ex-wife was pregnant with uh, with our second daughter, and and we had just built a house, so I was looking for some more opportunity. It didn't exist uh, in the walls at a cushion at the time. Um, and George Sign, my boss there, encouraged me that, you know, hey, if you're looking for more now, go find it now. And the, there, there's no reason why you can't come back someday. So I left and I was actually for 10 months, I was the product manager at Reebok for cleated footwear. So I did football, baseball, lacrosse, and cricket. Uh, but what a great experience that was. In 10 months, I traveled to Asia four times And learned you know the footwear development process inside and out and that gave me tremendous experience and i was lucky enough to answer the phone when a recruiter called and said hey somebody told me that you're an avid hockey player um and i'm working with bauer hockey right now and they're looking for a senior product manager for skates and me being as connected to i was you know actually still playing hockey at, at that time um and, and I am today um I thought well wow you know i've, I've worn bower skates all my life they're number one dominant market leader what i don't like most about reebok is is they're kind of a challenger brand it was it was nice being the titleless golf ball guy and walking to a shop everybody wants to talk to the titleist guy Nobody really wanted to talk to the Reebok cleated footwear guy. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um, so it, it, you know, so it was a, it was a it was a step up. Uh, it was it was more money. It was more responsibility. It was again working for a number one brand. And I spent seven great years at Bauer Hockey. Um, managing um, skates for five. My last two there I managed the stick and protective category. so hockey sticks or sticks uh, but then protective is shin pads, elbow pads, uh, shoulder pads, pants and gloves. So at the end of the day and now coming back to to a Kushna company and working for FootJoy and managing the footwear uh, division, uh, I've now been a part of managing nine number one market dominating uh categories wow. it, it's it, it's it's impressive so when you add up you know golf balls to skates to all those protective categories and stick and now golf footwear man i've been i've been lucky yeah and and so
0: very cool No, they must yeah. be really happy to have you cuz you've been involved in i guess if you will indirect competition uh if if you will from footjoy so you've kind of seen things on a different sphere of things as well. So that's great. That's great. Good, good job as well. So appreciate that. Uh, and talk kind of about your, your current roles, a senior product manager, of foot, uh, footwear for FootJoy. Uh, you know, kind of go through your, what you do on a day-to-day basis, if you will, too.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great role. Uh, not too, not too different from, from what I did at, uh, at Bauer. Um, I am basically responsible for creating the goal the global line plan so I have to work with all the international market managers on what their needs are uh, I have to be a consumer expert to really understand what the consumers are looking for uh, what type of performance product aesthetics uh, and the price points and and really have to work with the global team to to build to write that that business plan business plan for the coming seasons i'm also not just responsible for the next season i'm responsible for call it the next five seasons so Hmm. i'll also be working with the product development teams the product design teams the advanced innovation teams to work on future technologies and kind of Creating that roadmap for the, the the future business plan. I'm I need to I need to be the expert that understands the product mix uh, that will achieve the company objectives for for growth. So. Every year, we need two of these, three of those, and four of these mm. uh, in, a, in a particular launch season. And then within that, you have to design and develop specifically for a, a set of consumers. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I get to do a tremendous amount of global travel. Uh, currently, not traveling obviously with mm-hmm. with the pandemic, um, but there's there's a lot of global travel. Uh, get to get to spend some time in uh, in Asia. We have a a development office in Taiwan our factory is in Fuzhou China um, and um, so great uh, great amazing world-class facilities there um, and then I worked with I, I get to travel the globe to, to go to all the, the, the regional sales presentations and then present the, the line to to the sales teams we just had a virtual sales meeting with uh, with the US team this week um, but typically, it would be live and, and in person, and that would be one of the people on stage that gets the honor of, of presenting the, the footwear uh, footwear line to the to the team for that particular season. But it's great, and you know, we go to trade shows all over the globe to learn about new technologies and materials not necessarily being used in footwear or golf footwear. And the ProSL Carbon would be a good example that we launched this year. Um, you know, that's a great example where we were either on trend or, or ahead of the trend from a technology standpoint, um, because it, it, I have a tremendous amount of experience working with carbon fibers when I was in sticks at Bauer, and I took our footwear team, actually met up with some of the Bauer folks while we are there, to the world's largest composite show in in Paris, France. Uh, it, I'm sure you've been to the PGA show. It's massive. This is bigger. Uh, it, wow. But, By a long shot. Uh, It's massive. So it's, um, you know, we walked that floor and learned about, you know, our team learned more about the benefits, the performance benefits of carbon fiber. We've used it before to, uh, as you know, as a a component to make something stiffer, but really talking performance here uh, and where we can take that. So um, yeah, it's, it's being open to new ideas um, and and being creative. You know, I, I think that you know, the creativity part of bringing, uh, helping bring something that was a sketch in some designer's uh, imagination to life. You know, you're re- really creating something from from nothing. I think ties back into, you know, my my artistic uh, approach to uh, doing scoreboards. You know, I, sure being, being part of something that's creative and, and, and bringing something new to the market is I think what, what I like and what I appreciate most about what I get to do.
0: Nice. Thanks for sharing as well. Appreciate that. So yesterday I actually had Whitney Trimble on uh, 2000 grad of Methodist with, with uh, as well. <laughs>
1: I, I have to apologize to the audience members <laughs> if you fell asleep during that one. <laughs>
0: That's great. Love it. <laughs> well, we, we were talking about testing and especially I, I asked them about uh, wet gear. So go through the process of R&D or testing whenever you get a new product and kind of the process through that as well for the listeners.
1: Yeah, our, our stuff goes through a battery of tests, as, as you can imagine, when, when you're the number one brand uh, and you only do golf, uh, everything you do has to has to meet a certain performance threshold in terms of success in the marketplace. So, uh, as an example, one of our competitors has a product that fails. Well, they also do basketball and baseball and soccer and all these other categories that can kind of hide a mistake uh, that they that they might have made. Our stuff has to work um, all the time; uh, otherwise, it's it's it it's it could be damaging for the organization. So, we are. Uh, crazy um, about our product testing. Um, we've got a, a network of I think over 2000 uh, wear testers across the United States where we uh, they're on a list and we send them prototype product uh, all the time uh, where we mandate that they get uh, a minimum of you know 30 to 45 rounds in the shoes and they come back and we all sit down as a team and, and take a look at the shoes and at the factory. Uh, all of our footwear goes through a battery of tests um, and QC controls, but uh, we've got the, there are waterproofing tests at the factory to make sure that you know when we're seam sealing or using some sort of membrane or or, uh, or you know gumming up a seam with uh, w- with glue to to keep water out and away from the foot. Uh, that it works. Um, uh, I, I forget the, the actual cycle count, but it, it, but it has to be it basically, basically the test has to yield a result that the shoe will be waterproof in excess of like 500 grams.
0: Wow,
1: <laughs> you know, uh, I i'm a single dad now with four children a hockey coach and a baseball coach uh my <laughs> average rounds my average rounds per year right now are to you know 10 to 12. A um, low. <laughs> so it, it, it would take me a, a lifetime to get to, to that volume again whitney trimble on the other hand might get uh, might get that per per year but uh but yeah they go through a battery test mechanical tests as well abrasion tests so that we know uh, obviously if you're going to scuff uh, an area of of the article of footwear that it's going to, to hold up over time if that's a, a high wear zone if you will. Uh, so our liners go through a lot of abrasion tests because obviously there's, there's movement inside of, inside of the shoe on the footbed and on the liners. Um, a tremendous amount of traction testing as well. Um, most of our shoes regardless of the price point that they're at somehow or another end up on the PGA Tour. Peter Peter Malnati just shot 62 yesterday wearing Flex XP. Hmm. I mean, it, it's, basi- it's basically a sneaker, right? Yeah. Um, so he shot 62 wearing Flex XP. So our stuff needs to perform on the highest stage, every single price point. If it's a $299 shoe or if it's a $79 shoe, we build those products to make sure that they can Hold up, uh, you know it, to be worn by the game's best athletes on the world's biggest stages um, You know, we had a couple of players wearing, uh, you know, an entry Entry-level spikeless product a few years ago called Arc SL uh, It just like it just wait a minute. He's wearing what? Yeah, he tried it on He liked it and and our policy is that the tour players can wear can wear anything um, So it's interesting another part of my job is that I'm actually out Non tour on a on a pretty frequent basis working with tour players we're, we're getting ready to launch uh, a new category that we we're calling dry joys premier series so it's an all new line of classically styled footwear uh, but with modern technology um, so it was a big project for us uh, so dry joys and uh, and dry joys uh, that are in the line today dry just tour and um and icon on the my joys are going away and when you add up the number of players the thought process behind this when you add up the number of players wearing icon and dry joys on the pga tour that's the number one shoe, number one shoe on the pga tour so our thought there was let's pull those away and and put something brand new that that meets the needs of all these golfers and uh and through our testing and through our research and working with all these players like justin thomas Adam Scott, Ian Poulter, Webb Simpson, and actually traveling to their houses and spending a day with them, going to the range, watch them hit balls, looking inside their closet at what other types of footwear they're wearing, getting inside the mind of what they're looking for from a styling standpoint was uh, was pretty cool, and we are just, we can't wait for this new line to, to, to hit the market uh, in February.
0: Very cool. Thanks for sharing again, Keith. Appreciate it. Uh, any uh, shout outs you'd like to do to any, any alumni or any other stories you'd like to tell from your time at Methodist? Um, <laughs> uh,
1: so, I, so I am, uh, I mentioned my USGA PJ Boatwright internship on purpose because that was a 10 month internship that took me away from school. So I transferred into school fall of 96, but I'm a a, a spring 2001 graduate. Uh, And oh, by the way, I did have a year at University of Connecticut prior to that. So uh, I've got I've got more stories than than you probably want to hear. But I I will just share uh, that um, to any potential um, future students that um, Yeah, Methodist University is a small, it's a small school. Take advantage of, you know, the other like minds around you um take advantage of the resources you have at school with with the staff in the pgm program they've been around they've seen it all you're 18 19 20 years old you don't have all the answers uh you know take advantage of, of folks that have been around and have seen it and done it uh and certainly it, you know the folks uh, the staff at methodist um you know they use their their graduates as resources now mm-hmm where they're reaching out to us and saying hey i've got a kid who's looking he's not interested in being a golf bro anymore he wants to pursue product management well now he's got guys like myself uh your methodist uh, has has guys like myself and whitney trimble and and chad crocker to call up and say hey um you know would you mind talking to this student about how you got where where you are um because there are students who come to the pgm program who don't end up becoming PGA professionals and that's okay uh, but when you do go through the program I'd I, I push you to take advantage of of every single opportunity and just you know open yourself up uh, to, to talking to, to people uh, and, and create a, a bigger network for yourself um, I lived on campus for only one one semester I moved off campus with uh, with with um, Anthony Mackey, who's now at the head pro at Franklin, and Pete Butt, who's our director of sales for FootJoy, uh, and and a few other guys, uh, Eric Stevens, Dan Garrison, Kevin Harrington. Uh, so it just take a left out of campus, right on Stacy Weaver, first left, uh, and then and then first right onto uh, Concord Drive. And uh, we had a four-bedroom house, two-car garage. The, I think the house was only three years old when we started to rent it. Nice.
0: In an in-ground nice.
1: swimming in an ground swimming pool. <laughs> so we, so we did, uh, we did our share of entertaining, if you will.
0: It's fair. It's yeah. fair.
1: And so fair. I, I guess that's the PG way to to, uh, to tell that story. But that's, uh, that's all right. We we had our fun, um, but you can have fun and take advantage of the program. At the same time, and I would certainly encourage uh, encourage that. But but what a great opportunity! I mean, how many rounds of golf did we did we play in uh, in the Pinehurst area, and you know, pay a cart fee or or nothing at all uh, for a half an hour ride? It, it's 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 really an amazing opportunity that that any current student has, and certainly that anybody that's gone through there did have um, because it was a, it just it great experience around so many other like-minded people and you get to play a ton of golf and oh by the way you know how good is that range now I mean mm-hmm. when I start when I started it, uh, you know it was uh, I think the, the final three holes to complete nine had just uh, just finished up a few years prior and then by the time I left because yes I was there a long time Whitney Trimble uh, he likes <laughs> to remind me that <laughs> um, it, it, you know, 18 amazing holes now on campus. I mean, what an accomplishment, what a testament to, to the vision, uh, that, that Mr. Hogg and the entire team there supported, uh, and, and got done. Um, just, just outstanding.
0: Great. Well, Keith, I really appreciate your time and, and thank you so much for coming on the the podcast and giving us more insight about uh, your life and how you got to Methodist and where your career is right now. So really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you bet. There's there's no direct path, and it's it's there's there's no uh, no set plan. But uh, but have trust, have faith, and and you'll get there.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Keith. Really appreciate it. Again, thank you, you so much for listening to the Downback Drop. Again, this was episode number seventeen with Keith Duffy, two thousand one grad. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great Friday and a happy weekend.